Hello listeners and welcome to the lockdown series of the British Academy of Jewelry podcast. I'm Sophie Boons and today I've invited a very influential guest for another remote discussion. We most likely have all taken to social media during the lockdown to connect, network and in some cases promote ourselves and our work. But capturing the imagination of a large following takes passion and dedication. Therefore, I have invited freelance journalist and content editor, Katerina Perez. Welcome, Katerina. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you. Thank you so much. So, Katerina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? So, I am the jewelry editor of my own website, katerinaperez.com, which is a platform focused on jewelry, high jewelry mostly, uh, gemstones and uh, jewelry watches. And I support my website with showcasing beautiful jewels and gemstones and watches on my Instagram, Facebook and Pinterest as well. So the idea behind it is to showcase the beauty to select the best jewels I find uh, internationally because I travel to a variety of exhibitions and I meet jewels from pretty much every part of the world to showcase the beauty, to uh, present their work, to you know, build the taste uh, with my followers, to showcase uh, the best so that they can learn and understand jewelry through my eyes. You have been very active in the industry for many years. What has drawn you to the fine jewelry field? Um, interestingly, I don't think it's me who chose jewelry, it's jewelry who chose me. This is what I say. My mom, in fact, she found the picture of me when I'm two year old. I'm covered in my grandma's jewels. It's ridiculous from head to toe, literally. And from childhood, my favorite hobby was to take jewelry out of my grandma's jewelry box, deck myself in it, enjoy it, play with it, look at it, scrutinize what beads there are, what metals and things like that. And actually what do I do now is the same. <laughs> I go and see jewelry and I put it on and I enjoy it and then I talk about my experience and uh, I want to educate people out there about jewels as well, especially when we talk about high jewelry. You are the founder and editor-in-chief of Katrina Perez, as you mentioned, and you manage very successful and influential social media channels. When did you launch them and what was the main reason? You mentioned education, you mentioned showcasing. What, what inspired you to do it? So, in fact... Uh now in May, I'm celebrating seventh year of KaterinaPerez.com and my background is retail and management and jewelry. So my experience in jewelry spans over 12 years. And at that time, when I started uh, the website, I was working in one of the jewels on Bond Street. And simultaneously, I was editing a Russian-British magazine, the jewelry section. But the magazine came out only like three or four times a year. And you know how much beauty is out there. For me, it definitely wasn't enough. Uh, and also what really sparked my desire to talk about people online about jewels is that when I was in retail, a client would usually come and they'll ask, okay, so how much is this piece and how many carats of diamond or another gemstone? And I was thinking to myself, how about all the craftsmanship? How about the ideas? How about new techniques using new materials? There is so much more to jewelry than just carat weight of diamonds or gold and, and the final price. And this is why I wanted to change people's perception on what jewelry really is, or not even change it, but by giving them deeper knowledge and explaining how things are. I was hoping that first of all, they'll get to understand it better. Secondly, they'll desire it more, because of course, when we see all this beauty, we want to own it. 
So the idea behind my social media and the website, of course, to show and to educate, but also to subconsciously sell what I show, right? Because I would love for women to wear their diamonds, wear their precious stones every day and not wait just for the special occasion. You know, jewelry makes me personally look and, and feel great. I, I enjoy when my diamonds sparkle and so do my eyes along with them. So why would women need to wait for that one day to wear their beauty, right? The, the beautiful creations that they own. Of course, I'm not talking about 10 card studs in each year, but, uh, you know, a little bit uh, of uh, fashion fine jewelry is appropriate for daily wear. And why do you feel social media platforms and the website was the right way to reach your audience? The answer is simple. I wanted to talk to the whole world. You see, when I worked in a magazine, normally a publication which is printed, it's localized, right? Even if we're talking about big print magazines, Vogue and, you know, Harper's Bazaar, Vanity Fair, there is a British one, there is an American one, so you can only reach a certain audience. My idea, I didn't want to, uh, to talk only to people in London or in, in France or anywhere else. I wanted anyone who is interested in jewelry to be able to you know, read my website and see my Instagram and to enjoy the beauty that I show. Uh, this was the primary idea. In all honesty, okay, when I started, I never planned to be a famous uh, blogger or the authority who I'm now. It was really uh, a way to feed my passion for writing and for jewelry. Over the years, I realized where I'm going, what kind of jewelry I like. And this is what I tell now to designers. Also, I've built quite a lot of experience through being in retail for seven years, through management, through uh, different events. Uh, so now, I, apart from what you see on the surface, which is social media and the website, I also consult brands very often on their social media strategy, on their branding, on their development. Also, because I visit so many different countries, I see jewelry globally. Okay, and this is the strong point. I'm very much focused on, on various markets and various uh, jewelry styles. But of course, I'm only limiting myself to high-end, okay, to precious jewelry. I'm not an expert in any case in fashion, uh, jewelry, or silver. Uh, not that I don't appreciate it, but my expertise is mostly in the high-end modern jewelers, you know, the, the contemporary ones. Is it fair to say that it is different when you are promoting your work, that there are different appreciations of jewellery across the world and that it is important to understand your market and the audience that you are hoping to reach? Of course, this is the key. You really need to understand who your potential client is. You know, sometimes brands approach me and they say, oh, we want to conquer the world. I say, well, it doesn't work like this. You need to be laser focused in every kind of activities you do. You can't expect to suddenly be popular all over the world. You have to be very uh, specific in your actions. And especially when it comes to jewelry, you know, the taste of Asian market is different from American, different from Russian. So you really have to understand uh, I would say not uh, which market you want to approach, but stay true to your DNA and then see which market you potentially would be you know, well perceived in. So the one mistake that jewelers would make is that try to please everybody. We want to create designs that will apply to a woman of certain age, a younger generation who love gold and gemstones and all. And like these people will not remember you even. Because if they come and see anything and everything, they will not associate you with anything specific. But if we look, especially if we talk about situation right now, 
I feel that it will be the survival of the strongest and brands who really have something special about them, their own DNA, their smaller audience of clients, but very loyal ones, they're the ones who are going to survive, you see? So uh, stay laser focused, define your target audience uh, and stay true to your DNA. So your pages have obviously been really successful. What do you think made them really successful? What do you think people gravitate towards on your pages? First of all, it was the right place and right time, as I said, because when I started seven years ago, there were only maybe like three other uh, people who wrote online about jewelry. Secondly, at that time, I took a segment which was perceived, we're talking about high-end, uh, high jewelry, which was perceived to be like more museum items or collectible pieces, which you would only see in specific magazines occasionally or when you go personally in the boutique. I took this beauty, which was unapproachable in a way, and I put it online where everyone could enjoy. And this was really um, the move which turned out to be right for me. Uh, right now, I feel the reason why uh, my audience is constantly growing is because uh, I, I focus on certain area of jewelry. My appreciation goes towards design, towards precious gemstones. I'm a gemologist, so I love my gems. And uh, curating jewelry which i show so i am very specific with my choices and also the way i show it okay because for me it's not enough to take an iphone picture or just to write a, a 300 word article about something i really uh, make sure that my articles are fully written you know 700 words six seven hundred eight hundred words uh, even if it's online i still want people to go deep into details to understand what it type of jewelry I'm talking about or designer get to know them better and I feel that the pictures are equally important as the text so which you see on my website and this is why even on my Instagram I spend time to prepare the captions it's not like oh this is a ring which is sparkly and I love it no I also give the insights and the inspirations and the gemstones how I, can, how I came across uh, this or that piece of jewelry so I guess maybe I was a teacher in my previous life because I love sharing knowledge and educating and this is one of the reasons why I do seminars. I regularly do seminars about social media or other aspects of the jewelry industry because I want to share my knowledge. You know, it's important to pass on to another generation uh, or another person who might benefit from it. Otherwise, you kind of lose your purpose. You know, my purpose is to share the beauty, to educate, to inspire um, and to uh, keep people positive. <laughs> I think it's um, maybe a good way to summarize that you filter, but it, and it's also quality over quantity. Exactly. Oh, this is my motto, quality over quantity. And this is what I show in my work. And this is what I preach to all the jewelers who come to me for a consultation. You know, don't create a collection with, uh, I don't know, 20 different designs just because you want to uh, make sure that uh, you have someone who buys it with appreciation for gem or diamond or larger pieces or smaller pieces, you know, create a more concise capsule collection which will really showcase uh, your personality which will be different from everyone else because uh, you know people really appreciate something unique and there will always be appreciation for unique do you think that is something that has significantly changed in the last 10 years that there is an audience out there that really is looking for uniqueness in jewelry rather than just the commodity you see the the meaning and the the role that jewelry plays in people's life have changed so now it's no longer if you go back 100 years okay jewelry was mostly a, uh, a symbol of status and investments 
because white royals would have so much jewelry, of course, when they would, I don't know, when Russians fled the country during the revolution, they had the little pouches with jewelry, that was their pension, okay? Uh, nowadays, it's not just investment, it's not just its symbol, it's also self-expression, it's also um, the way to, you know, showcase your personality and, uh, I guess, uh, uh, to make a statement. That's beautifully said. Um, so we have all been in lockdown for several weeks. Many of us are still restricted in connecting with others, with social distancing being described as the new normal. Uh, do you think there are any benefits for jewelers using social media at this moment in time? Well, first and biggest benefit that Instagram usage has increased by 40%, meaning that uh, all the jewelers can showcase their jewelry to a wider audience. Uh, is the right time to be active because people actually are stuck at home looking at their phones constantly. It doesn't mean that they're not buying. I mean, we have to really be conscious about what's happening with online sales, with uh, auctions. Christie's sell out, Sotheby's do very well, Fellows Auction in London. Everyone is doing extremely well online. This is the new way to shop. I mean, not new, but this is the way to shop now, okay? And we also have to be conscious that those people who really are suffering from the current situation is mostly those who couldn't buy jewelry in the first place. It's not a client for high-end jewelry or for you know, precious pieces. Those people are still, I'm not talking about everybody. Yeah, but the majority will still have the money to buy even after the pandemic. And I think we have to really look at Asia right now who are out of lockdown and see what's happening there. You know, Hermes store, they made 2.7 million in one day as soon as they opened. This is a good indication that uh, people do have the means to treat themselves and they will want to do it, right? I'm also comparing this to, because someone was just talking to me on Instagram about this and uh, they were saying, but how can uh, the world come back to normal when it's global? I said, well, look at the world war. Wasn't it global as well? But after there was the flourishing of different industries. So it's inevitable. Uh, people will get up off their knees and they will continue uh, striving to have a better life and subsequently to shop. So it's just a matter of time. Right now is the good time to stay low. And also coming back to your question, we really have to utilize this time with the benefit to ourselves, not just to stay there with sleeping and watching Netflix, but to really think of the new strategies for ourselves. Even myself, okay, my business is online, but my business has strongly suffered as well from the current situation. And instead of just thinking, oh my God, you know, I think we're going down, what am I going to do? I rethought my strategies. I thought, how do I want to communicate on Instagram or on social media, uh, on website? What can I do differently? What other means of income can I add? Right now I have time, you know, I travel constantly. And right now, finally, I have time to sit and think. So I would encourage all the jewelers out there to do the same. Rethink your strategy. Think of new designs. Think how can you improve your collections? How can you expand them? How can you communicate about them? Uh, what do you have in terms of clientele? How can you reach wider clientele? And social media is a great way to do it. Mm, I think that's really great advice, actually. Have you seen anything amazing online that we could also be inspired by? What I'm happy about and what I think is amazing that jewelers are still staying active. The business is still happening. They keep on updating their social media channels and uh, talking about even launching new designs, uh, which is a great uplift for the mood. Of course, the difficulty in high-end jewelry is that we're approaching that time when all brands from Plus Vendome, they launch their high jewelry collections in July. 
But because of the lockdown, I don't think it's going to happen purely also for the reason that this one month and a half, jewelers were not able to complete the pieces, which is essential for the launch. But for example, some brands like Chopard, they did a mini launch of uh, some pieces that they've already had ready which is great for everybody to see, okay, things are happening, jewelers are not standing still, uh, and seeing new designs, uh, people have saved now money by not shopping and buying anything since we can't go out, and they will be willing to buy. So if jewelers are keen to show some work and continue sharing that they are still working, even if it's on designs, or what are the do's and don'ts when posting anything online or on Instagram or on your website? Are there any major things that they should or shouldn't do? Uh, it's important not to treat Instagram as a catalog, okay? Because this is what your website will be mostly for. Instagram is your visual story where you need to communicate not just the latest designs or beautiful pieces that you created in the past, but also you need to introduce your whole world to your followers. The biggest mistake that jewelers do is that they upload pictures of jewelry and that's it. Uh, it's important to showcase your inspirations, to talk about gemstones, to uh, show what you're working on. There is Instagram feed and there is stories and stories can be lighter and more in the moment. You're sitting on the bench, talk about it, what are you working on now? Keep your followers engaged. Followers need to have, it's not just a number, it's people. This uh, network is people to people. They need to feel like they want to follow you. You need to give them uh, a good reason for that and the reason is to have a uh, engaging and interesting content and i guess again now it's a good time to sit down and think how can i improve my instagram how can i make it easier operation wise because many jewelers they try to manage their social media website create it's too much for one person so you really need to figure out uh, by using for example applications such as uh, i use an app called Econo square it really helps to pre-plan your post, to really get deep analytics, to even compare yourself with your competition. So that's a great tool to have because the biggest mistake jewelers make is that they wake up and they're like, okay, what do I want to post today? Oh, I can't be bothered, I don't know. And they don't. And then they don't post for two, three days a week. And then Instagram doesn't value your account any longer because it's inactive, right? And when next time when you post, much less people uh, will see your posts and uh, the way algorithm works you really need to understand <laughs> if anyone out there need a consultation on instagram this is one of the things i've been doing these past weeks because lots of jewelers do need that and they start approaching me saying okay katarina what do we do here so this is the what i've been keeping myself busy with <laughs> that's brilliant yeah and i think it's something as a maker myself that it's not always natural. So when you're in the middle of your own work and you're sitting behind the bench, it's not natural to think, oh, this looks really nice for a picture. But by creating sort of a little habit of maybe once a day or twice a day at a certain time to just have a little alarm and say, oh, what am I doing? Could I capture something that is interesting for the people that are out there? That might help to then build the story. Of course. But look, it's a part of uh, the story of a piece of jewelry. We can take a solitaire ring, which only has diamond put into it, and we can have a complex design with a story intertwined in it. And very often a client would gravitate towards the story because it might speak to them. It might have some, some memories that tie up in it, right? Uh, sentimental value. 
So, uh, of course, you know, you have to think of the story behind the jewelry as well and showcase it as much as possible on Instagram. Especially when we talk about high jewelry piece, don't just do one post or, or not necessarily high jewelry, but something which you feel you put so much effort into. Okay. If you just post one picture and say, oh, this is a ring with emerald. But if you put a picture saying that this is a ring with emerald, which I worked on for so many days and so many weeks, and it took me a long time to source this emerald, and this is why educate your clients. Every jeweler is a professional, okay? And every jeweler possesses so much more knowledge than your consumer. And sometimes the desire sparks own a piece of jewelry through understanding it better, through understanding how much work is put into creating something and how much time it took you to source a gem, right? A client finally needs to be explained that jewelry is not an easy thing. It's like every form of art. It's very time-consuming. It's painstaking and it deserves to be uh, appreciated, not just in price versus uh, gold or current weight of stone. There is much more. And this is what I'm trying to do in my work, you know, go into details so people understand that. Is there sort of a, a do and don't for, for certain images? Should jewelers consider how they take a picture or is that not the most important? So, uh, no, it's very important in Instagram to have appealing images because people love with their eyes first and then they go and read the caption. Uh, if you put as a blurry or... You know, the, the, the uh, composition of the picture isn't appealing. Uh, if the light is bad, uh, people will just, you know, go through the picture and won't stop even to read or to look further. So for me, this is why I focus so much on, on the quality of the images that I produce. This has been one of the keys for my success. But I guess I understand that not every jewelry is able to produce beautiful quality images because they are jewelers and photographers. What I've done in my time, I've invested in a camera. It's Canon 70D, which has a touch screen and a flipping screen that allows you to take selfie, that allows you to uh, manipulate it easy. Uh, and it has macro lens, 50 millimeters macro lens, which allows for beautiful imagery of jewelry. It really capture the details. And the jewelers will need to master it. I've learned how to use it myself. That's the only way. Otherwise, if there is a budget, a small budget to hire a photographer and create uh, a, a certain amount of images every month, which then can be used on social media, that's perfect as well. Uh, the key thing is here not to mix professional with amateur, otherwise it doesn't really uh, give a good image. It doesn't showcase your professional or your amateur approach. It's like you don't understand what you're doing. So what you can do is to create a beautiful uh, feed with professional photos and do fun ones in the moment, more amateur picture and videos in your stories. Because audience really doesn't focus only on the feed or only on stories, they go hand in hand. And as many people watch stories, as many people see the feed, pretty much. There's been many different programs and they've all changed in popularity. So at some point, Facebook was very popular, then Instagram, we had Pinterest. Do you see that this will continue to change? And is it important for jewelers to continue keeping an eye on what the next program is that is reaching their customers? For now, uh, the best app for jewelry is still Instagram. Uh, because there is quite a lot of uh, important potential clients there who don't use Facebook because they don't want to share any personal information on the Instagram. It can be quite anonymous. Also, it's the beautiful and right way to showcase jewelry. Uh, there is always some new apps, but how popular are they? 
I guess the new craze is TikTok, but I don't think it's the right platform for uh, jewelry. The audience is different there. You have to really be mindful of who uses which type of uh, uh, social media applications. Uh, when we talk about Asia, which I'm hoping to get through to, it's uh, WeChat, there is Weibo, there is the Red Book. So I'll let you know, guys, how it, how it goes, you know, if I'm going to succeed there. Uh, it's a new type of media for me. Again, I say don't try to master Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram. Focus on one social media because it can be quite overwhelming, but do it the best you can. Because it only pays off, you know, the, the biggest misconception is that, oh, I opened Instagram, I'm uploading pictures, why people don't follow me? Because it doesn't work like that. Instagram is, uh, I call it Tamagotchi. Uh, there's a toy, the Japanese toy, which you had to feed, you know, when I was a kid, I had one. Constantly feed it, otherwise I'm going to die. So <laughs> with Instagram, it's the same. You have to constantly be active on it. Otherwise, it's not going to work for you. So brands and jewelers who want to be successful and who want to reach potential sales need to prepare their Instagram for promotion, uh, the right content, engaging content, beautifully photographed jewelry that will uh, encourage people to follow and to, you know, to comment which obviously will contribute in the future to the popularity of your Instagram. I think that's brilliant advice. Choose one channel and do it right. Exactly. And this goes back to my theory, you have to be laser focused. You can't just be everywhere and be successful everywhere. I mean, unless you have a huge team, which is a rare subject, okay? How do you choose the people that you put on your channel? And if, if there is anyone listening, a new designer or a young brand, what should they do in order to maybe be seen by you? Ah, uh, for me, it's only by my emotions and how my heart beats fast if I see a piece of jewelry. I know that I've formed over the year uh, a certain direction, which is jewelry with interesting design, new materials with gemstones, which I love. But again, it's very hard to say what exactly uh, it is that I would pay attention to. It's mostly uh, the inner feeling. Uh, and I choose what to show only based on my personal uh, prefer preferences, uh, even though, of course, as uh, an influencer or blogger or person who has this as a job, I have sponsored posts, but it's not like a brand can come to me and say, okay, I'm going to pay you some such and such amount, please write about me. No, if my heart doesn't beat faster when I see the jewelry, it's never going to happen because also I'm not a journalist by education, I'm a journalist by passion who can only write when I really love something and when I feel such excitement, which I want to pass to my readers, uh, I would love those young designers to just send me a direct message. You see, I discover new brands like very often and in many occasions they have been following me and because I never got in touch, I never knew they existed. And then for me, it's like, wow, you followed me for so many years. Where have you been? Like, why didn't you talk to me? <laughs> So, of course, you know, I'm very supportive of the younger generation. As you see from my Instagram, I don't focus only on big jewelers or on famous brands. For me, the idea is to showcase young talents, more niche jewelers, the ones who are not worldwide known because there's so much talent out there and I want it to be recognized. 
Uh, it's not about the size of the company or how popular they are. It's about how unique you are. Uh, what's your input to the jewelry industry, right? It's very important to keep this industry alive and to keep innovating and keep introducing something new so that people can get excited, the client would get excited about it. So they are encouraged to connect with you and to send you a message. Should they include any information is there something that you need to know from the start? Yes, exactly. When you contact uh, any journalist or an influencer, not just myself, uh, it's very important to showcase the best of your designs. We are very busy people. We wouldn't have time to go on your website to read through a press release which you sent. The intro should be short but punchy with some interesting designs which you feel will catch attention. And that would be the first step. After you can get more details. I don't have time for emails which I receive. Oh, I really want you to get to know my company. Here's a press release for 2,000 words. Like, I won't have time for this. Or if I send a press release with uh, no images whatsoever, I'm sorry, you know. I do so much research every day that I can't allow for another whatever half an hour to research you as a brand. Uh, so that's a little piece of advice, you know. Be short, be down to the point, showcase the best. And also, if you have some achievements, do put them in the email as well. Do you think it's important for young designers and starting labels and brands to still apply to competitions? I think so. Competitions are very important, not just to uh, get an award, but also to keep yourself motivated. I think it's always very exciting to create this piece of jewelry and wait for the results. And even if you don't win, it's important not to get discouraged because you don't know why you didn't win. The majority of cases, you can imagine how many people apply, right? It doesn't mean that your design is not as good as someone else's, but it just means that maybe there were too many people and you were one of the best, but you solely didn't win because they could only choose one. I remember judging a competition in Couture in Las Vegas, and you see the understanding of jewelry from all the judges is very different. Designer judges from one point of view, and journalists from another. Uh, a collector from the third. So it's impossible to please everyone. And it doesn't mean that those who didn't win, the designs are not good enough. No, they, they didn't apply to the certain situation. But you see, in my case, I want to, to give something to everybody. For me, every designer was an, a winner in their own way. Right? It's just it's not possible to, <laughs> to, uh, to uh, you know, award everybody. But taking part is still important, right? Taking part is important for motivation and for reaching the new heights. Uh, and especially if you get an award in the end, I think it's such a great boost of morale for a designer. I recently advised uh, one of the Brazilian designers to participate, and she did, and she won an award, and she was so appreciative that I just, uh, you know, told her, even if you don't win, you know, the, uh, how do you say, in the game, it's not about winning, it's about participating. It also helps you to learn new things uh, during this design process because you are given certain specific directions very often you have to challenge yourself to match those criteria and this can apply also to your private orders in the future because clients can be very demanding and they can challenge you a lot in your creativity and what they want to see from you. So it's, a, it's another way to challenge yourself. You see, the journey of a, of a younger designer is long and difficult. If you don't have the financial backup, you have to be ready for it. But it doesn't mean that uh, you have to give up as soon as one obstacle appears. 
I really appreciate the view of uh, Wallace Chung, who is a very famous Asian designer. He's very, very philosophical about his work. His uh, point is that failure is not the end of the process. It's a part of the process. He fails so many times, no matter how famous he is, how talented, how gifted he is, he also, every of his design is a challenge for him, which he doesn't stop uh, uh, striving to achieve, you see? So it's the same for every designer, just don't stop when the challenge comes. Learn from it, take the most from every difficulty in life. And that's what I can say about pandemic and uh, the COVID. It's not a challenge, but it will teach us new things. Uh, we just have to think what we've learned from it and carry on existing. So when we return to work or when the lockdown is lifted and people are able to restart their businesses, do you think there will be a big change in the industry? I wouldn't call it a big change. There will certainly be shifts. As I told you, is the survival of the strongest. I do believe that some jewelers will probably cease to exist, sadly, uh, especially the startups, which I really feel for, and I wish there was a way for the industry and bigger jewelers and bigger designers to you know, put together some kind of funds to support the younger talent. Uh, there will be also a positive you know, result out of it, uh, because I guess or I know that many jewelers explored their creativity further. I think we'll see some new interest in designs. From speaking to even friends from gem industry, they haven't really stopped working during lockdown. There still were requests for gemstones, and there are you know, high not worth individuals who still bought jewelry. I mean, look at, uh, I think it was a Christian, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they, they just that did uh, the highest sale on their website through online auction. I think it was 1.3 uh, million for 2040 braces from Cartier. Things are happening. Those who still have the means to shop, they'll be hungry and they will go and shop. Uh, just now, I had a live session with Dixon Yoon, who is a Hong Kong jeweler. He was telling me that after the lockdown, they have been doing well. Like even today, they made an important sale. Well, because people are you know, they want to feel normal, they want to shop again, because having the beauty uh, also makes you feel uplifting mood, right? Yes, I mean, jewelry, we've been buying and wearing it probably for as long as we've been able to. Exactly. I imagine that this will not change. You know, they say beauty will save the world. My little childhood story, which I always keep in mind, I think it's to boost people's morale because when I was little, my mom used to read me this story about two frogs, uh, which were jumping in the forest and suddenly they jumped into this pot of milk. And they were like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? We are drowning. And uh, they were drowning and one of them gave up and you know, hit the bucket. Another one was like, no, this is not uh, for me. I'm going to fight till the end. She was trying to you know, swim and swim and swim and then she got the milk into butter. And she jumped out of the bottle and she... Uh, lived happily ever after so I always keep on thinking about the story which uh, is from my uh, very early years because with everything I do I always fight till the end you know I'm not giving up until I really understand that this is the end and unless you persevere and uh, you know you want to reach your goal you don't get anywhere it's very important self-motivation determination persistence and mindset that you can do it you have been in lockdown also uh can you tell us what you have been working on to keep busy what has been your coping strategy uh honestly 
it's been hard because I'm a mother. <laughs> so from this point of view, my priorities have changed to uh, my son. But otherwise, so what I've done, I've rethought my strategy on Instagram because I looked back at my feed and I feel like I can make some changes in terms of making it uh, a little bit more engaging and uh, more educational. Uh, if you go there now, you'll see that it's much more structured and I introduced new types of posts in there, which are educational, much longer posts. I believe it's, it's also the essence, not just to showcase the beauty, but as I said, also educate. I'm also planning uh, expansion. I'm gonna start going on social media in Asia. For me, it was a project for many years. And finally, now I found the right team. Because again, in every work, it's important to tie up with the right people. I believe that your team is everything. Um, and for me, it's not about having professionals. It's about having people who are passionate about what they do. And even if they're not super professional yet, they will learn because they love it. Stepping away from your uh, question, I just want to, people also to understand now they see what I do and there probably is the understanding that it's always been like this. I've always known what I was doing, but not at all. And I want to encourage younger people who maybe are a little bit lost to not give up, to strive to uh, reach the perfection, to explore new ways. If we're talking about jewelry design, new ways of designing or find their own uh, style and to stick to their own style. Um, it's a long process for me. It took two years to get on my feet because, again, I didn't know why I'm doing this. I just followed my passion and I didn't know how to do this. And I had to educate myself on so many different aspects. And I still do. I learn every day. This is the essence of every industry, I guess, to constantly learn and develop and, and, and change and improve and evolve. Uh, this is the only way forward. Yeah, I've kept myself busy with uh, thinking of new strategies and conquering the world, <laughs> showing everybody how beautiful jewelry is and to infecting all women with this buzz and love for jewelry. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Social media channels have seen a rise in participation. And in times like today, we have all witnessed their positive benefits and also their exploitation in some ways. As a professional in the industry, using these tools to promote your work educate and contribute to a positive transparent message for customers can be really powerful if you're at home and hadn't dedicated much time to your online presence perhaps now is the time to start small with quality over quantity and as katarina kindly said one channel first so your customers and your network can see you are still there and your voice can still be found if you try something new, please do let us know. For now, I would just like to thank Katharina very much for joining me from Paris for this remote discussion. We are very grateful for your advice and time today. Thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Next week, I'll be joined by another guest. So watch this space to find out who it is. For now, this was Sophie Boons for the lockdown series of the BAJ podcast titled Social Media and Virtual Connections in conversation with Katharina Perez. I wish you a good weekend and thank you for listening. <laughs>